we don't see the scars that people are carrying. We don't see the hurts. We don't see the fears. We don't see the insecurities. All we see is their behavior, and and we see how it impacts us. And we judge. We tend to judge each other, understandably, on how they impact us and all the all the obvious stuff. But what's so hard to see is the deep down stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that God sees the deep down stuff. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be uh, back podcasting, but even more glad that you're feeling better and you're back at work again. Yeah, you would not have wanted me around last week. But <laughs> and I <laughs> have you ever have you ever been so sick that you're mad? Oh, like I was mad. And my wife was like, would you just go to bed? <laughs> but I'm back. I feel fantastic. Um, I, I've, I've passed all the tests and uh, I feel I feel amazing. And I'm so glad uh, to be here. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who were patient as this episode drops a week later than normal. But we are ready to dive into this conversation and really keep it going. Absolutely. The, the second half of Chapter 3 has a lot of great stuff to talk about. It does, and, yeah. uh, and so if anything, we've just built up the anticipation to, okay. to wait to get to have a fun discussion about uh, some great material from First Peter. Okay. Uh, let's just dive right in because okay. we've let's been waiting too long for this. All right. There is a phrase that you've been using throughout this series about Jesus being the lens through which we see ourselves and that we are the lens through which others see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'd say this phrase is probably the one that people are coming to me, that they're, they're talking about, that they seem to be processing maybe more than anything else. Mm. There's a beauty to this and an absolute truth in this principle. But some of the things that that people have been talking about is there's also a lot of weight and responsibility to it. Yeah, would there you, is. Absolutely. Would you give some encouragement to the person, maybe that person who's not struggling with humility, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't feel like, oh, I've got this in the bag. Yeah. You know, look at me and you see Jesus right, uh, right in everything I do. Yeah. But that person that's saying, boy, I want that to be true of me. Yeah. And I just am not sure that that I'm doing it well. Well, first of all, if that's your response, if you're saying, I want that to be true of me, regardless of how you might grade yourself on that. That's awesome. I mm. love that response. And I and I love that attitude. And is this a responsibility? Yes, it is. Can it feel weighty? I can understand why it might feel that way, but it's also a privilege. Mm-hmm. Remember that Jesus said, come to me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And, and that was figurative uh, imagery that means uh, his teaching and what he gives and, and walking with him. It is not this oppressive burden, it's light, and it is and it is life-giving. And if we just kind of just pull back and say, oh my goodness, we are loved by the God of the universe, by the King over everything, and he says, you are with me, and you're my people, and you're going to be my ambassador, you are a royal priest. Yes, there is significant responsibility that comes with that, and we should take that seriously, but it's also a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so let's just, before we do anything else, let's just kind of make sure, what kind of story are we telling ourselves about this? Okay, that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that helpful? Mm-hmm. So let's kind of let's just kind of start there, and then let's just acknowledge this too. 
we're not perfect. He knows we're not perfect, and we're not alone. I don't want to get ahead too much, but in the next episode, maybe this will come up. It certainly comes up in in, in chapter four, where Peter says, you know, when you use the the gifts that that you've been doing, don't do it in your own strength. Mm. It's in the strength of the God who, the Spirit of God who is in you. Going back to to chapter one, Peter makes it clear multiple times that the Holy Spirit of God is in us, working in us, making us more like Jesus. The 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 theological word for that is is a word called sanctification. We're not alone, mm-hmm. and so it's not just us on our own. It's the Spirit of God in us, but it's not just that either. It's also us with our fellow believers. It's never intended for us to be like secret agents or out there alone, lone ranger kind of Christians. We are. I'm going to go back to what we discovered and, and talked about in chapter two. We are living stones being built into uh, God's house, right? We're Mm -hmm. not a stack of rocks. We're intended to be doing this together. So we're in community with other believers. We're in community with God. We're not on our own. And so be encouraged, right? Mm -hmm. And it's okay to lean on other people as you're trying to lean into this Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Is you brought up the idea of sanctification. Is it then appropriate to to be giving ourselves a little bit of grace, saying we don't have to look exactly like Jesus today, but we want to strive to become more and more like Him over the course of our lifetime? Absolutely, yeah. Just today, I want to listen. I Jesus, I want to follow you today. I want to trust you today. I want to be like you today, and I want other people to be able to see you in, in me today. Would you just help me take my next step with yeah, that? Yeah, I was just going to say next step, because yeah. I think with that mindset, it, it yeah. feels a little bit more like an inspiration to keep going forward rather mm-hmm. than uh, a weight of, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And so let me just say this too. When we recognize that we miss it, it is so good just to say it out loud. And mm-hmm. not just to ourselves, but to somebody else say, hey, you know what? I Listen, I... What I just, how I said what I just said just then, that's not how I meant. I, I shouldn't have said it that way. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that's not who I want to be. That's not who you deserve for me to be. And can I just apologize for that? Mm-hmm. Just own it and let people see that you actually are confident in the grace that you've been given by Jesus. And you know what that's going to show them? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to show them Jesus is yeah. also going to show them humility. It's yeah. going to show them sympathy. It's yeah. going to demonstrate love for one another. All That's good stuff. all of those things yeah. from uh, from verse eight, which was the first verse in this section. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really I, I like that a lot. So at the core of this idea is this idea of being an ambassador for mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about being ambassadors for Jesus and maybe why that is superior to being either a culture warrior or a secret agent. Yeah, I think everybody recognized right off the bat, secret agent's not the way to go, yep. <laughs> right? We don't want to keep it on the low. We're not like hiding Jesus. I don't know if anybody out there sang the same, this, sang the same song I sang as a little kid in church, hide it under a book. She'll know. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> you know this. This. You, did you ever see oh, that song as a kid? Yeah, but, and you you know blow it out yeah, your finger. We're, and... <laughs> we're we're dating ourselves here a, a little bit, and some people are like, "What are they talking about?" But anyway, this little light of mine. Look it up. Google it. All right. So that's the song that I'm talking about. But yeah, no, we're not gonna hide. Right? We're not gonna hide back because really, that's driven by fear. It's mm-hmm. driven by fear, and we've got nothing to be afraid of um, because uh, we are with him, and he is with us. All right. Now, really the two things that it seems like that are, um, no pun intended here, but really in a a fight for the heart and soul 
of believers in our country and in our culture in this point in time is whether or not we should be warriors for Jesus or ambassadors for Jesus. Uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament is replete with uh, warfare uh, metaphors, and so let's don't downplay that. Let's don't pretend like it's not there. There's warfare metaphors all throughout um, uh, First Peter. There are times that I think maybe he's being tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. with the way that he's using that, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's not being tongue-in-cheek. But for sure, it is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. And it's always about we have to, and this is what all the warfare metaphor is about in the New Testament. Number one, battling the sin that's in us, standing against and fighting against evil spiritual forces that are real. We're going to talk more about that in the final week of this series. Um, and resisting things like temptation and resisting um, resisting difficulty and hardships that come at us, being able to endure. It's never about fighting people. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to say, I would never say that warfare metaphor is bad, but I just say that maybe we have eaten too much of it. We've drank too, we've drank too much of this and we've kind of like OD'd. In the U.S. we have OD'd. The American evangelical church has mm. OD'd on, on, the, on the warrior on the metaphor. Mm-hmm. And it's resulted in um, kind of machismo, um, We've got to get them, and it's just it, that other side is bad, and we got to show them how bad. It's just oh, it just doesn't look like Jesus. It doesn't look like the apostles. It doesn't look like the it doesn't look like the early church. So I would never ever discourage someone mm-hmm. from seriously embracing the warfare metaphor in the New Testament um, and and acting it out and applying it. But let's don't think of ourselves as let's just take a break from thinking of ourselves as warriors because it's leading to being adversarial being mean, being um, unnecessarily provocative, being inflammatory, and getting attention for what we are against instead of for what we're for. Mm-hmm. And so those are problems. But let's so let's focus on this. There's also the metaphor of being an ambassador. Second Corinthians five makes very clear that that God is making his appeal through us, mm. that he is not holding people's sin against them if they are in Christ. And we carry this message of reconciliation. And I would just ask you, I would ask anybody out there listening, are you able to hear hard truth from people who you think don't like you? Hmm. Maybe you can because you're a better person than me. I can't. It is so hard for me to hear hard truth or any sort of criticism or anything that challenges me from people who I think don't like me and want me to hurt. Mm -hmm. But when I know that people love me and they have my back and it hurts them to say things that they know hurt me, that's when I'm able to hear it. Sure. And recognizing that's just kind of the way most of us are, let's remember that. And so let's be compelled by the love of Christ and let's be ambassadors, and let's apply the warfare metaphor to fighting our own sin, to enduring well, to resisting evil spiritual forces, but not being combative, provocative, adversarial, or unkind with people. Sure. That's what I'm trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not doing a good job of communicating it, no, but that's I, what I'm trying I to do. I think that was clear. The question that I was going to drive towards is, in these different mindsets and mentalities, is there ever a case where you would choose anything other than being an ambassador? No, you're always going to be an ambassador for Christ. You're, you're never going to not be an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Always, 100% of the time, we are always his ambassadors in every situation that we're in. 
So then let's talk a little bit more about a positive view of being okay. an ambassador. Yeah. Um, speak speak more towards that, because I think that also helps to unlock the the pressure feeling of, of being the lens through which other people see Jesus. If we are looking to Jesus mm-hmm. in everything that he did and the way that he interacted with people, both uh, the people that were following him and also the people that were against him, I think we, we can see a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So speak more about a positive view of being Jesus's ambassador. So number one, it's going to start with this. I, I just, I'm going to fundamentally, I'm going to start out orientating my heart and my mind, my thinking, everything. What is it? I want to love God today, and I want to love God with my life, and then He gets to, He's defined that for me in His Word. Um, and number two, simultaneously, um, I want to love other people today. I'm not the definer of that, of what love means. My culture is not the definer of what love means. Other people's list of preferences and wants doesn't define what love means. Jesus is the one who defines what love means. So in the way that he has defined love, it's revealed to us in his word. That's what I want to do. That's what that's what I'm committed to do. I'm going to serve that. If it's, if it's hard, I'm going to do it. If it's easy, it's going to do it. If it costs me, I'm going to do it. Um, on good days, I'm going to do it. On bad days, I'm going to do it. But this is this is one of the, how can I bless? How can I mm-hmm. love? Uh, how can I share what's been shared with me? Um, that's what that's what we're thinking about. That's really the disposition of what it means to be an ambassador. You know what I'm hearing is you're saying that is a real submission to Jesus in that into saying, okay, you're the authority on defining what love is mm-hmm. and what love requires. Absolutely. And I'm going to do that whether it's easy or whether it's hard. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it seems as though in Paul's hard moments, I know we were studying Peter, but let's let's jump over to the example of Paul. It seems as though in Paul's hard moments, he finds so much encouragement from just looking back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of encouragement that Peter is passing on to these churches. Just keep looking to just keep looking to Jesus. He went through these kinds of things too, and he did it for you. And all of that love, that divine power that 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 he used, that raised him from the dead, it is in you and with you. And all the love that drove him to do that, it is in you and with you. Just trust him and keep walking with him. Mm. It seems right to be looking at it from this angle in the sense of um, not putting the pressure on ourselves to dis- define love, to define how we want to engage with the world, but to yeah. submit to Jesus's authority Absolutely. in that, in His example in that, and that is the picture of humility, right? And, yeah. and when we're coming at this from this place of humility, that mm-hmm. Jesus is the one in charge. I'm just trying to represent Him and and engage the world the way that He would. Then we're we're doing exactly what Peter's telling us to do: yeah. to be humble, to to not assert any kind of authority over. Over other people for our own gain, but for their good. Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of person I want to be. I am not that kind of person as often as I want to be. Mm. Yes, I've been studying for these sermons, and I'm up there even giving these sermons. I keep, I'm thinking about all the things that I have done. That's like, man, I just, I whiffed it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't live up to. Oh, I, all the times that I've had to repent or apologize or wanted to hide from even my own behavior. It's like, oh my goodness, but. We're growing, you know, yeah. we, and it's, I want to go back to chapter one. We are held by God's strength. Mm-hmm. We're protected. We're protected by that. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on our effort. It depends. It's not the, it's not the, remember we talked about how it's not the the strength of our faith, it's the object of our faith. Mm-hmm. And that we're holding on to Jesus, but the really good news is that he's holding on to us. It's so, listen, when you when you stumble and fall and you get it wrong and we all do and I could tell you about mine but I'm going to choose not to <laughs> man I am so grateful for 
his grace. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the beginning of the message, you focused in uh, quite a bit on humility, and then that flowed into the next verse. I happen to know a lot about that. <laughs> You're really good at that, huh? <laughs> you had some good punchy jokes about that at your own expense, so thank you for that. Uh, but you went right from that to the next verse, talking about not repaying evil for evil yeah. or insult for an insult, but on the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. Could you say a little bit more about the connection between humility and the way that we can bless other people when they mistreat us. Yeah, it seems like the it seems like that's the okay. This is this is how you know how you're doing with that. This is how you act. This is how you live this out. It's someone hurts you. Oh my goodness. Okay, what can I do to bless them? Mm. How can what does it mean to respond to love? How can I, you know, you've had moments in this in your life. I'm sure where you've experienced this. I know that I've had these moments. I've had everybody listening has had these moments. You have just you have act, you've hurt you said something hurtful or you did something hurtful or you you just acted out in a way that you're not totally proud of and the person who is the recipient of it that they saw past that behavior mm-hmm. and they saw the bigger picture and all the stuff that led you to that and they talked to the hurt, to the insecurity, to whatever that was going on down deep beneath it that was driving it. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Think, those are powerful moments, mm-hmm. right? And the the thing is, we don't see the scars that people are carrying. But we don't see the hurts. We don't see the fears. We don't see the insecurities. All we see is their behavior. And, and we see how it impacts us. And we judge, we tend to judge each other understandably on how they impact us and all the, all the obvious stuff. But what's so hard to see is the deep down stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that God sees the deep down stuff that, that's going on and he immediately addresses, addresses that. And, um, and so I think it's just helpful to remember there's probably more going on than I, than I know about. Um, and I, let me respond to them as best as I can in this moment, in the same way that Jesus responded to me in my worst moment. Mm. So that's the, that's the kind of mindset. Is it challenging? Absolutely. Yeah. Do we have enough of that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Am I a good example of that? Not yet. Mm. <laughs> but man, I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, I want to be more like that. You gave us a crazy hard challenge to think of someone that we might even call an enemy or mm-hmm. just at least someone that, that just gets our goat <laughs> mm-hmm. and to pray a blessing for that person. I mean, it's a direct application right out of verse nine, yeah. but to, to really ask ourselves, can we wish the good for someone else that, mm. uh, that we're upset with? Mm. And, um, and what's fascinating to me is when you first brought this idea up for me, I thought, okay, that's, that's a really hard ask. Mm-hmm. But as I, in the weeks since you preached this message, and I've tried to do it, I have felt a transformation mm. in the way that I feel about some people. Yeah. And, and some of this came out of <clears throat> a really good discussion that we had in, in my own small group. One of the women in my small group said that what the people that she was thinking about as you preached this message and issued this challenge weren't necessarily enemies. They weren't necessarily people that she felt like had, had harmed her. Mm-hmm. But she was thinking of some relationships that they're just, they're strained. Yeah. There's tension there. There's the kind of people that, you know, you're walking down the, the aisle of the grocery store and if you see them, you're like, oh, I did not want to run into this person. Get it? Yep. 
And and based out of that discussion, I made a list of, of anyone I could think of that I kind of feel that way, mm. that there's just something there that's not peaceful. Yeah. And I've been really working on praying good for those people to wow. bless them. And I have felt that's awesome. a transformation in the way I feel about them. Like, I don't feel afraid to run into some of these people anymore because mm. I think even if I didn't say it to them, my heart has changed towards them. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm thankful That's awesome. for the hard challenge that you issued in there. It's been a very helpful thing for me. Oh, so yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Mm. And I bet there are people out there who are listening that they're, they're probably going to start trying that. And they're going to experience the same transformation for themselves. Well, I would challenge anyone to try it. I think it's, it's been a really, really powerful exercise. And, uh, and whether you're starting with just a tense relationship and working your way up to the, that ultimate enemy or not, I think mm. God can do a powerful work of transformation in our own heart. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks for praying for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel much more at peace with you now, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Clearly you got better and so you're here and, and all is good and God is faithful. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So that was challenging. That was that was that was challenging to give. I, I I've got some I've got some folks in in my life, um, and that I need to I need to spend more time praying for, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there there are the people that I could just keep on the list that they're the easier enemies to pray for, and then there are folks who they cause hurts for people that I love. Yeah, those are the ones that are those are the ones that are harder. So I'm I'm working up to that. So maybe flesh out a little bit more what it looks like to pray for someone's blessing. Hmm. Um, that's a that's a good question. I think it's just sometimes this is just what I pray is God. I don't know what they need, but I, I I would you really would you really bless them? And then sometimes I do know what they need, and I'll pray just super specifically for things that are going on that are happening in their life that it would be. Marvelous. Maybe it's financial stuff. Maybe it has to do with a house sell. Maybe it has to do with getting a job or getting a promotion. Um, maybe it's something they're going for in the in the community. And I'll just pray, God, would you just give that to them? And would you? They just have all the things that they're looking for in that. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. And I'll just try to find try to find something specific and just ask God to pour out His blessings mm-hmm. on on them for that thing. And yet it is hard. And so that's mm-hmm. why I really appreciated the prayer that you gave for us to, to work on, as well as uh, you had it written in the, the message notes that starts off, Jesus, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to want to. Yeah. <laughs> but I choose to trust you with my significance and security. I choose to trust that you want my satisfaction and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying this is the way forward, I'll take a step. Yeah. So one of the things that I think makes this hard for me, and I'll just talk about me, I don't know if anybody else can relate to it, is the the people that we view as enemies in life, they, they can trigger insecurities. Um, we don't feel comfortable around them. We don't feel safe around them. And they make life, their presence or, or how whatever it is, it feels like life is less than it should be, uh, be because of them. And Man, especially, especially if you're prone to comparing yourself to somebody else, um, or you feel like other people are doing that with you, if all of a sudden that person, they're thriving and they're blossoming and they're outshining me, right? And then I feel like, I feel, even though nothing has bad has happened in my life, I feel like I'm like, 
I'm downgrading now because they're <laughs> because they're upgrading. I don't like the way that that feels, or I don't like the way other people might perceive. So it messes with my whole matrix of significant security and satisfaction where that comes from, and I have to really wrestle down. Okay, I guess Jesus, maybe I wasn't really trusting you for those things. I had, I'm thought I was, but it's really this thing over here that I'm looking to for my significance, and now I've got to I've got to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. I've got to wrestle with that, and so the, I think the thing that I'm learning over and over again, as I as I keep digging in to, to Peter, is, yeah, there there are forces out there, and there are people out there, and there are hurts out there, but man, I I can't focus on that because my sin runs so deep, mm. and just when I think I've gotten to the bottom of it, I realize that there's like this other cavern that's <laughs> that goes deeper still. Yeah. I just got I just and it's and joy is found by turning those things over to Jesus, and yeah. so. Just trying to remind myself of that. Well, and and I don't want to lose the the power of the beginning of that prayer too, of just acknowledging I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't even want to want to do this. But but I think that's a really, really powerful prayer to just say, Jesus, help me want to. He already knows you don't want to, so say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest. Let's don't pretend. Yeah. Well, and, and then it taps into that idea that we have the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. to change our heart, to change our, our mental yeah. orientation, to say, I just need help wanting the right thing right now. Yeah. Yeah, and isn't it amazing how that does change? It does. It's I've amazing. experienced it several times. I have too. Yeah. I listen. I I think I've told the story before, so I'll just be I'll be really brief. Um, and I'm so grateful, so so grateful that I had this moment, especially now that my father has passed away. But it was the first time that we got together when he was out of prison, and I was in I was in a room with him, and other people were praying for me, and I had done a lot of work praying and getting up to this, and the conversation wasn't going well, and I just wanted to bail. Mm-hmm. I just want I just wanted to leave, and I wanted to give up on it. And God's grace supernaturally moved in that moment and softened my heart uh, mm-hmm. for my dad and made me able to be to be kind to him. And it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And a new relationship blossomed out of that that we got to enjoy until he uh, uh, eventually passed away. And so, I'm listen, I'm telling you from my own experience, however uncomfortable it is, lean in because it is so much better on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, it is. You know what you just did there? What's that? You just gave us a great illustration of verse 15 in this chapter about you just gave us a reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. Something that was hard for you, something that you struggled through. Yeah. And yet you gave it over to Christ and, mm-hmm. and you honored and revered him. In a, and that's a story that obviously took a lot of gentleness, but that kind of gentleness that is strength under control. It was, listen, it was, it was a rough ride. It was super scary. It wasn't... Like it was, it would have, it's a blooper reel from my life that turned out being a victorious moment because of something that, that God did. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was, like I was super awkward and bumbling through it, but man, uh, just, since just, I'm going to trust you through this and I'm just like stumbling here, but yeah. man, it was good. So that's a great illustration of giving God glory for something in a helpful way. In the message, you pointed out a, a couple other cases of people who were trying to stand up for what God had done in a way oh. that wasn't so helpful, <laughs> yeah. and and, uh, and maybe claimed that they were being attacked for their faith in a way that wasn't yeah. their faith that was getting attacked, so but rather co- their behavior. Yeah, there's one, there's one guy in... 
in southern India who waited until uh, a Hindu village was having one of their celebrations and, and holidays and was preaching, for, not invited into a village. And you just got to understand in other countries how important it is to be invited into mm-hmm. the village. Mm-hmm. And if you are not invited in and if you do not come in uh, with a blessing uh, and the permission of those who lead that village, you are, you're, you're approaching them um, at best rude and at worst, as an as an as an as an enemy, and then disrupting something and through a bullhorn, even though you want them to know Jesus, be, love it, love the intention. Thank you. The impact was was a mess, and when the people kind of violently responded and 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 not not too terribly, but I mean, just rough the guy up. Understandable. Wants to take that there. I was I was persecuted for my faith. No. You were persecuted for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. You were persecuted for being rude, for not considering them, for for not loving them, for not being empathetic with them, for not for not um, not engaging them in a friendly way. You started off in a hostile way, mm-hmm. and of course they responded. They responded hostily. Sure. Now I also know other pastors over there. I know one pastor who was just baptizing a man in a river and was beaten so bad that he was put in the hospital. Well, that is persecution mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or Jebaraj Finn, the story that I told about how his church building was was vandalized and then they pawned their, uh, his wife's wedding jewelry so that they could keep the ministry going. And when I originally told that story uh, some, some years ago, there's a man who has uh, since passed away and he's, he's with the Lord now. He's like, how do I get them the money and he mm. got he bought the wedding jewelry back oh, so that Jebaraj Finn's wife could have it. Oh, what a sweet ending to that story. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Nice. Yeah. Okay, here's how I'd like to wrap up this episode here. Yeah, I In, feel like I'm meandering a little bit. No, no, no. You're you're driving right to where I was heading here. Okay. So this this works. In these three personality categories of being a warrior or a secret agent mm-hmm. or an ambassador. The goal is for us to be good ambassadors for Christ in the way that we represent our faith, the way that we represent his work in our lives, mm-hmm. in the way that we want others to see Jesus in us. Would you, in turn, speak to someone who maybe is a little bit more naturally warrior inclined, yeah. and then also someone who is maybe a little bit more of a secret agent, and help to modify what it looks like them for them to represent Jesus well. So, you know, someone who's a warrior, someone who's just really had that mindset of, hey, we are at battle in this country for the good of our, our church, for the good of our faith, for the safety of our children, all of those kinds of things. What handholds can you give someone who maybe is in that warrior mindset to release some of that and move towards being yeah. an ambassador? So I, a lot of the people who might be drawn to this mindset is because they are wired uh, for protection. And these are the kind of people that run into danger. These are the kinds of these are the kind of people who are brave. These are the kinds of people who are willing to put themselves on the line uh, for the benefit of others. And we need people like like you. And I'm grateful, I'm grateful for you. So like don't be less of that. But when it comes to when it comes to following Jesus and representing Jesus, what people need to see from you are all of those qualities, all of those powerful, wonderful, admirable qualities under restraint, willing to, as Jesus did, experience hardship so that even the person who is the cause of it could be won over by the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing that needs to be 
that needs to be needs to be wrestled with. If you if you, if you just kind of if you tend to want to to fight others, your problem isn't your problem isn't fear. Your problem is misapplied strength. And so I want you to take that strength and say, Jesus, I'm going to use it in the way that you use your strength. It may not be what comes naturally to me, but I want to follow you in your way. Mm-hmm. Someone who is a, is a secret agent, they're probably wondering. They're, they're probably a little bit afraid. They're probably a little insecure. They don't want unnecessary attention, and they they don't want the pain that comes. And well, let me even yeah. push that a little bit because you know you yeah. and I have the joy of working at a place where we get to talk about our faith all That's day right. long. In fact, That's it's right. encouraged That's right. <laughs> to be That's right. very uh, very public and yeah. and uh, and authentic and mm-hmm. transparent in our faith. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people feel like that would be inappropriate to talk about their faith in their workplace. So let's talk about some of the, the people who are secret agents. They probably are drawn to that because they have some misapplied strengths too. Mm. They've got perhaps. Um, they perhaps they're high on discernment and they understand they understand empathy and they understand what things would be appropriate what things would be would be inappropriate they un, they under, they understand perception like they've got some really great strengths but perhaps those strengths are being misapplied that's constantly keeping them on the low and keeping their representation of Jesus secret instead of using all of those strengths to recognize what are the key moments that would be appropriate to say to someone hey you shared something the other day i just want you to know hey i've been i've been praying for you how is that going mm-hmm. you know um, i don't want to put my nose in your business but you shared and so i just want you to know that i've been thinking about you a lot i've been praying for you is there is there anything i could do that to to support you you know to looking for those opportunities where you can strategically represent the love that you have from Jesus in a way that's winsome to others. And so both the warrior and the secret agent probably have key strengths, but maybe are being misapplied. And instead saying, all right, Jesus, I'm going to take this strength that you've wired me to have, and I want to try to deploy it in the way that you would deploy it. Would you help me to to see that? Mm. Thank and when you. you. And when mm-hmm. you do that, you will be an ambassador. That's that's really helpful, and I think all of that gets to the the verse fifteen idea of how we can give God glory for what He's done in our life and communicate that to other people in a way that uh, that is winsome and powerful. All right, great. Well, I hope that uh, I hope this episode has at least a little bit been uh, worth the wait. I appreciate everybody being <laughs> patient while I was a bit under the weather, and uh, I look forward to keeping it going with the next chapter. Looking forward to it too.